We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings Week 2 DraftKings Picks and preview you want to play in the listeners league too bad pal it's full we'll have to make it bigger for next week if people are wondering like hey where's the link to the show it's in the description of all of the shows the first chance you're actually going to get to be in the listeners league is going to be on the golf show every single week because i'm throwing it in there but if you don't want to do that it's in the ranking show with jake the spread show it's in all those you you jump on those three shows one of them and get the link you're going to be in the contest but nothing a doing this week smash the like for the episode sub to mayo media network and sub to the pat mayo experience audio podcast and catch up all the shows you know what else you could sub to runpuresports.com yeah. Tambo, what's up? Ba- back in the building, what's up? Happy to be back. Yeah, it's definitely a good spot to sub to as well. We talked about it last week. Had a really good first week. You know, it could have been better on Sunday. Some of the chalk and stuff. We'll talk about maybe how we go different this week. But last week was a classic week one. The, uh, you know, the chalk hits. You have to just get a little bit different and massage the chalk instead of fading it all and play within it. But I thought there were some really sharp lineups out there that still use some of those plays. And I'm going to sort of take some of that across to this week still since we are only in week two, overreaction season, all these factors. Was it use Justin Jefferson? Have that guy? And that yeah, would be good? Yeah, even if you're using him in the flex. Uh, I guess that was the thing. We, we talked a little bit on last week's show about, you know, the unknowns versus the knowns was sort of how we put it out there. And last week, 
if you just put like the Kelsey, the Jefferson, you know, some of those guys into cup or no, sorry, cup was not the, the other guys in there, you would have it set up so that you had better lineups that you could mix Barkley into and, and those guys. And then if your optimizer, which they were last week was giving you Kirk and uh, you know, some of the other guys in that game, Gibson, maybe in the, you know, across from each other, you could just play Wentz at 1% mm-hmm. and then all the chalk was okay because you had a 1% quarterback that still correlated with the lineup. So I think we'll look at that for this week with some of the stuff we do here. Uh, reminder that Tambo is on the Wednesday fantasy football picks and bet show on Mayo media network, along with fantasy golf degenerates Monday night on Mayo media network, a little bit of golf, a little bit of football. Tambo and I run the fantasy football picks and bet show. It's me Monday and Saturday, it's Tambo on Thursday mornings for the Thursday night preview. I hit my prize picks three to one. You hit your prize picks three to one. We got to sweep the week here yeah. coming into the weekend. So maybe you can uh, even shove me a few guys that you like here as we talk through the DraftKings slate. But I want to talk about the obvious plays to start off with because people, some people complained about the structure of this show last week. And I completely understand. I've been doing the DraftKings show one way. For the entire time that I've ever done this show, position by position, I feel like this is more helpful. And when I switched the golf show from that format to the format that we're doing now, people really seem to respond to it better. It gave more gave more insight rather than, hey, here are the three guys that you need to play. But like if they get two owned, don't play them. It's like, OK. Yeah, I, I always <laughs> like talking about it from this perspective better. I, I actually got comments the opposite, like in saying that I'm not saying you got all comments that way, but people said, hey, I really like the format of it because you actually are bringing more strategy to it. You're talking about some of the game theory, what others might be doing, if then scenarios, stuff like that. And I think that's the best way to talk about it while still applying it to the week two slate, which is what we're going to do here. So all I've done is I've gone to runthesims.com, as you should do too, runthesims.com slash mayo for 10% off. You can get the weekly, test it out. I mean, I feel like that's the best way to do it with any of these sites, unless there's some sort of huge discount. And there is a discount to get the annual over a weekly or a monthly at most sites. But it's not like, listen, you probably don't want to spend like the 280 bucks if you don't like it. So you might as well test it out for a week for like 15 bucks and see if you like it. I love it. And it's made me a profitable DraftKings player. So that's good enough for me. And it crushes the props, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm so. all about that, though. I like what you said there. The weekly, monthly, whatever you want. Like 30 days, you know, 7 to 30 days. Somewhere in that range. You have to figure it out first. And then when you like it, that's when you flip your subscription. Any site that you're on, whatever you want to use. I'm just using that example. That's how I yeah. do it. How many sites have you paid for throughout the course of like the past five years? All, all of them? Almost all of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and typically what it goes like is, that, you know, if I go to a site, I'll try it out. Sometimes I'll get lucky, get a free trial or something i'll get on there give it a shot but once i do that then i'm pitching it if i like it and i only really pitch stuff that i'm involved in and using and run the sims is one of those sites so same thing here if you haven't tried it yet like pat said you can get on for a week or a month give yourself a real shot at it see how it goes so many people just buy into stuff oh it didn't work the one time i tried it. you're trying to hit the jackpot there's no lottery here you got to put the work in still so i think you should give it a shot and then when you like it then buy the deal that saves you more money long term so i ran it and the best play on the slate any position leonard fournette sixty seven hundred dollars is he going to be too owned to use because i don't think that he is and like right now we have him at projected ownership of 17 percent it's a friday that's pretty loose but he appears in the optimal lineup 27 percent of the time yeah and and listen here's a prime example we can relate it back to week one everyone watching this either 
used this and did well with it last week or got crushed by it and I'll use Saquon Barkley. Last week, it just looked really good. This looks really good. You can use it, but how did they? How was it used? Last week with Saquon Barkley, it was like just him or their fade was in. If you want to use him here, we'll talk later at tight end about Jawan Johnson in the same game at $2,500. I think this could be a very popular mini stack that we see this week because it makes sense. Fournette does his job on the ground. You don't need Jawan Johnson to do much, but hey, what if he does come through and get you a touchdown, 11 or 12 DraftKings points? That's great. But what if you go to the level up, the step up like I was talking about from last week? We're already seeing these plays make sense. Now you go Winston, Michael Thomas, and Jawan Johnson, and then have the game script you're telling be Fournette does his job, Winston comes back and goes through those guys, or whoever you want to mix in. It's funny because the Saints defense, run defense in particular, didn't look good at all last week against Atlanta. But that's not what they're going to face this week against Tampa Bay. You got a banged up offensive line. You have an immobile quarterback. Like a lot of the success that the Falcons had on the ground with Cordero a week ago was Mariota going one way, Cordero going the other way. And they were like, I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) So I actually think that if you want to get unique and stack up this game, and I think this game in particular, people have their pieces that they like. There's so much confusion about the Bucks' offense right now. Evans is hurt. Godwin isn't playing. Gage is hurt. Julio's hurt. Yeah. Like, Fournette's like the only healthy guy. But if you wanted to go Brady, Evans, Fournette, I don't hate that. Yeah, one thing is true. You can definitely stack with Fournette. Yeah. I think I don't think people do that enough. They always avoid, or when they build their stacks out, they want to immediately go over top of the chalk. Why not bundle the chalk piece that looks really good and is chalk for a reason, likely, into it? And you brought up another good point. That's why I brought it up, where last week we had a lot of those Arizona-Washington pieces being mixed around, where this week you're seeing it with this game because gauge might become a thing. Right? Like you said, there's injuries on the side. Mike Evans wasn't at practice. We'll wait and see. Julio already seemingly banged up. We'll see. These are like we have to wait for the Friday practice reports. But if you're looking at it from that perspective, it looks like a pretty good game environment in the Dome. Even if there is some ownership going there, it's all how you build it out. And Brady with his running back and a receiver, run it back with a Thomas or Jawan Johnson is another way to go about it. The other higher end running backs, which appear on Optimals, obviously they're expensive. One of the reasons to like Fournette is that he's $6,700. McCaffrey comes in second and Jonathan Taylor. Taylor comes in third, 8,900, 9,900. Taylor didn't fail last week, but you uh, did not need him in any of your lineups. But now he's up in price. McCaffrey had a horrible game and still scored like 16 DraftKings points, but he's up in price as well. And they're the only two on this slate. There's no Derrick Henry on this slate to really eat up the very top. How do you think that people are going to go with Taylor and McCaffrey this week as opposed to last week? Yeah, I definitely think McCaffrey still gets more than, than Taylor. And the big thing about Taylor is he's the same price, 9900 as Cooper Cup. Different, different topic, we'll get there. But I'm saying that's something to think about. And then the other side of it is, is you have Barkley down there that's just you know had the good week. We just talked about him. And now he's still only 7300 So I actually do see more ownership going to him. But up at the top, I think CM in cash games is still viable at 8,900. People expect him to bounce back. It's just he's still under 9K. I call it the, the best buy pricing, right? He's not 9,000. He's just 8,900. <laughs> you can get in there with that eight in front when you read left to right. So I think it's still McCaffrey over Taylor. One thing too, Pat, I was going to say, I brought this up, but we did it on the golf show. People liked it. The two V2s that you can bring in. CMC and Cup, right? If you played both of those and there's going to be value plays to be able to mix it, can be Jonathan Taylor and Devontae Adams, another guy that we're going to talk about in Carr and those guys that get brought into it. So it's just, that, that works out to be the same? It's actually You can actually do, um, use it and have $300 left over because um, Adams is 300 bucks cheaper than CMC. Do you think that Cup or Adams gets the higher ownership? 
That's a, that's a good one. Is that like I, a I think it's a, I think it's Adam still uh, just because it's still thirteen hundred dollars less. Look, people are going to go to Cup. They know what he is. He provides it to you. But I think people have come around to the fact, at least a little bit, that sometimes when these higher price guys hit, it still doesn't mean the whole thing goes your way. I do think there's a very interesting scenario though with that Rams game this week because another very popular running back. If we want to stay on topic here with the the subject that we're on is going to be Daryl Henderson Jr. And it's against Atlanta. It's at home. They're 10 and a half point favorites, whatever it might be there. I think that makes it so you see a little bit lower ownership on a guy like Cup. And just even on that stack in general, if you're going Stafford, Cup, Allen Robinson, Tyler Higby, it's still pretty condensed over there to be able to do that. I don't love that game in general. I think that if you want to play that one, it's like probably Kyle Pitts or bust for me because mm-hmm. Henderson is shaping up to be... He and Jeff Wilson, weirdly enough, I think are shaping up to be the two guys that are going to absolutely torch you this week. Like, do you really think that Daryl Henderson's going to have 83% of the snap share again? <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I actually do. I have a little more interest in you in that passing side of the game. I guess this would be one of the things. Another thing that we saw run true last week that I'm trying to bring over to this week is usually the rule is to run it back. If you're going to say this team smashes, run it back. You pro- you don't even need to run back. I mean, Pitts is there. Drake London looked okay. Or, or Cordero. On debut, Cordero. There, there's options if you want to go there. I'm saying there's also something to be said, especially in the higher dollars, smaller field GPPs on DraftKings, where you may not need to run it back at all. And you could just say like Ram smash. That That's a possibility here. Yeah, I had good success last week. I threw, I think, what was it? Like 20 lineups into the five or the $9. But mm-hmm. I mainly just focused on, I was in that King of the Beach qualifier with you. I was up there and then I went, boo. <laughs> it happens. Uh, yeah. Cousins didn't throw enough touchdowns. I had Cousins and Jefferson as my like my main one, two. And I yeah. also played a two one, a two a triple stack. I needed I needed Tyreek to break one out. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, here we go. Didn't really end up working, but I'm looking at it right now. But just, you don't need to do the bring back in those. You don't even need to do the triple stack in those. Like, you can just do, hey, I I like this quarterback with this receiver. That's good enough. Yeah. I I think you nailed it there. And the great example that you gave, and we can apply it to this week, was with Tua. Like, I thought Tyreek was fine. What What I ended up liking by the end of the week fully was actually I did like Waddle more because I thought about their past history and everyone was making the the Tyreek thing become a thing. He did get like four deep balls. So I will say this, and Baltimore took some more injuries on this week. Uh, Lamar, who I'm I'm tying it all together with the two thing, but just to say it, Lamar doesn't look like We'll see it's one game overreaction. I don't fully buy him, but he hasn't been running as much. People are saying that maybe he's trying to make sure he stays healthy to get that fully guaranteed contract. I, I also kind of think that the Jets run defense is kind of good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if, if we could see that, like, you know, come across to this week, you said it. You don't need to do all these triple stacks, run it back, make this happen. All that. You can, but if you just went this week like Tua with Tyreek and he does catch that deep bomb this week and you have Andrews when most are paying down at tight end, done. You can start filling, and you're so different that now you can fill in your, if you like Henderson or you like Wilson or you have other options that you can use at running back, there is wide receivers that are cheap enough that you can use to fill it out with real volume. So I'm just saying that's where you can get different without going way off the page. So Henderson right now, we have projected a 60% rushing share of the Rams offense. That could end up being pretty low, but just to take a look at the projection of the medium projection that that pumps out for Henderson, I mean, it puts him at... 11th for the week in DraftKings points at 18. Like, that's good. It's 15 carries, 70 yards, uh, close to a touchdown, and through the air, three catches for 25 yards. In a th- so he's projected for a touchdown right. in the game and around 95 combined yards on 17 touches. Like, that's a really good play at $5,700. Yeah. I just think that everyone has – it's not that I'm saying play Cam Akers or Cam Akers is great. 
probably learned my lesson on that one. But if he's just way more involved this week, I'm not going to be super stunned. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's <laughs> the point of sort of a little bit of the overreaction stuff. What's the situation out there? And that's a, another key point that goes with it perfectly is I don't know if you noticed this, but last week it felt like every team had a timeshare. You know, some weeks you're saying like, okay, I want the, the bell cows or I want the guys that are going to get the most opportunities. Literally every team was splitting it as many ways as you could possibly imagine. And it, it just felt that way. That's why I think people are so keen on something like Barkley up here and why, like you just said with Henderson, it could actually be more risky because not only do they have other running backs, they have pass catchers there that can get involved more often as well. Like how do they get, if they're going to win or be up 30, nothing, let's say something crazy against Atlanta and just smash them. It doesn't mean Daryl Henderson did all the work. So when he's going to come in at 25% ownership or something in that 20 to 25 range, it doesn't mean he's going to be the guy that you actually need in there. And looking at the other running back, sort of like, I would be comfortable. I don't know if I'm going to do it for, obviously, I'm not going to do it in all my lineups, but Fournette, Antonio Gibson to start. I think those are the two best per dollar plays on the slate. Yeah, I, I like the the Fournette side more. The G Gibson is definitely a, in a good spot again, and he looked awesome in game one, like the usage he was getting, just everything you saw from it. So, And you need to get all of your Antonio Gibson out of your system because Brian Robinson's already back at practice. He's already getting back and ready to go. <laughs> I saw that too, yeah. I, I think, yeah, the, the one other one that is kind of gross, but I have interest in a little bit is Josh Jacobs, just because he's right there $100 more than Daryl Henderson. And he also fits with the narrative of what I was saying earlier. This is how like, the game theory of it is when I talk, about the Adams for the for the Raiders that you can play with Jonathan Taylor is now you're saying that like instead of doing that you flip to the other side of it with CMC and Cup and if Cup's going to eat up the Daryl Henderson work you plug in the guy that's also because you're pivoting off Adams which is Josh Jacobs on the other side so you're getting double leverage in the right way where you're saying it's not going to be Adams it's going to be Cup therefore it's not going to be if it's going to be Cup and not Henderson maybe it's going to be Jacobs and you double leverage the same spot with that 2v2 I was talking about earlier I don't mind that one the problem with Jacobs is just the lack of pass catching that if they and if the game flips a little bit like you don't anticipate it. I mean, I yeah. always like having multiple outs. Like the Josh Jacobs script is Raiders up by 10 the entire game. They run the ball 25 times. He gets all the goal line work. Like that's his only path to getting there, really. Yeah, it's true. But I also think on the other side of it is the price works into it. And I'll use the example from last week. What happened with the Cleveland Browns, which we'll talk about. You know, Kareem Hunt gets those touchdowns. Chubb still did his job. He just ends up costing more money. In this case, you've got a spot with Josh Jacobs where he costs less and it still can be enough. So I don't mind stuff like that. I like you know, going with some of that, especially in these first couple of weeks where teams are sharing the ball around early in the season with the running backs. I even like Chubb again this week at 7,100. I know it's against, like you said, that maybe the Jets are better than we think, but I actually think just the pure volume that Chubb gets could work at 7,100. So he's interesting for me as well. So Jeff Wilson also comes in here in the low $5,000 range at $5,100. He was the hot waiver wire pickup in season-long fantasy football, but we only have him projected a 30% market share of the rushes. Now, that's not of running back rushes, but Trey Lance, we have it at 25% as well. So it kind of gets eaten up. Jordan Mason's been promoted. Tyrion Davis-Price is going to be promoted. They've come out and said that he's going to be the hot hand. Do you think people will gravitate towards him? Or is it one of these things where by the time Sunday comes along, although the price is really good, too many question marks. But the one thing that we can kind of point to that we've seen with Jeff Wilson under Shanahan is he basically gets all the goal line. Even when he's like yeah. gets two touches a game, they're like goal line carries. Yeah, like a moron, maybe a touchdown dependent site. I do agree with you that I think by Sunday people realize, because another guy didn't even mention there that we know of and he'll, he'll come up is Debo. 
he's also another guy that's yeah. going to get some of that share that you have to give it over to. He could get eight or nine carries and take it away, no problem. And then Trey Lance, who is getting some steam this week because of that same reason where people as are he just, should, by the as way. he should, and, and people are just looking at it to your point and saying, maybe he's the running back and we just forget Jeff Wilson. I know some sharper minds last week were talking about this and it could play out this week where you play Lance with Wilson and the San Francisco defense and just say, but it's like you, you do a running back defense combination. Yeah, but I feel like now in. you're investing too much into it. You maybe, but the point would be that their defense is really good. And also, if you have it where those two are just your goal line, the issue is, like you said, there's still other guys behind them and there's Debo. So I don't love it, but I can see where they're making that, that they're getting that game three idea from. So we like Taylor and McCaffrey. They're super expensive. We like Leonard Fournette. He's down at 6,700. So you have all these running backs jammed in the middle of them. They all seem like they're going to be wildly underowned on the main slate. So you have Kamara, Barkley, Mixon, Chubb, and Swift between in the $7,000 range, mm-hmm. essentially. Is there any one that you like there? I mean, Barkley is clearly like the guy for the Giants. It might be a bit of an overreaction. Like we have him at a negative leverage score this week because his projected ownership is probably going to be pretty high. It's probably going to be around like 20%. He appears in the optimal lineup around 12, 13% of the time, which is great. It's one of the highest among running back, but it doesn't meet the ownership that comes along with him. Whereas someone like, I, I know Swift is banged up. We'll see if he plays. If Swift doesn't play, I don't want to say don't play Jamal Williams, but that's a trap. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> feels like one, and I agree with you there. But Mixon is the one I was looking at. I was just going to go to him, so that's interesting. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know what, all those guys aside, the one that I feel good about still is Mixon. And I think the game is more interesting than you might think because I know it's a, what is it, Cooper Rush is there now, right? But if you've got that setup, I still think he was a guy we saw last week. And I think the O-line last week, continuity issues, things like that, getting to know each other and get it set out, that, you know, they still came back and had a chance to be in that game, regardless if it's against the, if it's against the Steelers or not. My point is, I think we see more of that. I liked what I saw to Mixon. I thought he could have had 30-plus DraftKings points, no problem. And it just didn't pan out that way. He still had 20 or 21 or something. So he, he was interesting. And then we didn't talk much about this, if at all, the Denver spot at home, 10 and a half. They're good. They literally should have won. They lost two <laughs> touchdowns at the one yard line. And it was a great run out where the Javante Williams and best ball bros and everyone that knows that he's better than Melvin Gordon was like, see, we told you. In, and then the next one, he fairness, Yeah, Melvin Gordon kind of looked okay outside of the fumble. He did. I thought that's what I'm saying. Why it's so funny. And it's just like, they're pretty, you know, they, they're going to protect Javante a little, it seems, and so on and so on. But Javante still did get really good usage. And I think he's another guy that gets talked up a little bit this week. And I think you could use either or in that situation because you could still see Gordon get in the mix again and do his thing that he did last week. And then I, I love the mix and call that you brought up. I, you know, Gibson was on my list. Chubb, I'm in there on Jacobs. I, I'm not in on Chubb because I actually do believe, I know that he's going to get the volume, but no pass catching work whatsoever. Brissett's, unless he's running designed routes to Kareem Hunt, like, there's no check down in that offense. Yeah. He's, like, throwing it away, taking a sack, or bombing it deep. Those are the three passing plays that they have. Yeah, he got insane volume, though. Like, uh, even with the, like, it just looks bad. Is Hunt going to get two touchdowns every game? No, and take but, that but away? Chubb's so. not getting those touchdowns. Like, those were designed for Kareem. Those were Kareem right. Hunt plays. Those are not Nick Chubb plays. Even even if you don't want to do it very often, I think this is a week you do it. I'd I rather just keep playing Mixon, because it's not like anyone's going to own Mixon. Yeah, I might play both. Uh, like I said, I, I like these mid-tier guys more than I like going up to those ones at the top. So, I, I'm going to be mixing a lot of them in. I'm not shying away from Barkley and Fournette just because of their ownership. Like We've seen this in the past, too. One thing we can take from like last season to bring across, even in the earlier weeks, it seems like it's been the case forever now, at least anyway, but these chalk, chalkier running backs or more popular, if you will, running backs just still seem to come through and you just have to find ways to get different elsewhere. 
there, there's not many. Like you can pick the traps out in your mind pretty early and just be like, all right, I'm just gonna yeah, like, risk leaving that one on the table, but I'm gonna get some shares of these. And they don't all need to come through. If you've got thirty percent of Fournette and he duds, you still have seventy percent of your lineups that are live. I'm good with fading Javante. I'm good with fading Cordero. I'm good with fading Jacobs. He wasn't really on my radar anyway. And Daryl Henderson. If those guys burn me, they're the ones who burn me. Move on next week. Yeah, the only, the only one of that crew that I really like the most is, is like I said, with Jacobs, mainly because I think it's a big leverage spot because everyone expects Adams and Carr to go on. And we'll probably a good segue, but I said that's going to be popular this week. You got, you got three injured guys. You got Najee. You got Najee Swift, who has like a groin injury already. Mm-hmm. And who the hell is the other one? Now I can't even remember. Uh, J.K. Dobbins. Looks like he's going to be back for the Ravens. I don't like any of them. <laughs> yeah, Like Swift, I, Swift is the one where if he's active, I would have interest in because his upside is like McCaffrey's. He doesn't get there quite as often, but he has that sort of potential based on the receiving game work that he yeah. gets. The lack of goal line work is not helpful. I was going to say, you, you said earlier with Jamal Williams, not to cut you off, but like to talk about the, the trap saw. What, it may be just that running back system this week is a trap and just play a different play the game a different way like a Monra st brown in that game I, I like i think it's a little bit different with swift because he has that big play potential and he's used so much in the receiving game that it's easier for him to get into open space and score a 50 yard touchdown yeah. versus if it was jamal williams all the time which it wouldn't be it would be like craig reynolds and i think they just preside jamar jefferson again just to have on the squad and promoted him from the practice squad as soon as deandre swift went down that all of a sudden, if you can get like a 2% DeAndre Swift, now I have interest because I don't think that anyone will go there because of the injury. Yeah, and there's no question he's a better play. And if he's in and healthy and ready to go, he's got the way more floor plus ceiling combination. I, 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 would, I would say he's equivalent to Javante Williams in the way that he's used, that if I was going to take a shot at, I mean, it's a way better matchup, obviously, for Javante, but I think the split is more pronounced overall. And I don't think he's going to catch nine passes a game. Like that's, I mean, it's great for my season long team with Javante. Mm -hmm. If he wants to rack up all the greasy PPR points that way. But in terms of upside looking at it, Javante is going to be like 14, 12% owned Mm -hmm. and Swift is one, two, 3% owned. Like that's an absolute no brainer for $300. Yeah. Then I'd be more then then (laughs) I would definitely be more inclined. And I like that call the way you spread it out there with the ownership mixed in. So yeah, I'm good with that. And that's where I would have interest. Like I said, because there's no question he's the one that's the better guy. And, And I'm not interested in the Jamal Williams, but people, are monitoring this situation heavily. Yeah, Jamal Williams is $5,400. I was actually, instead of Jacobs at 58, if you do want to get tricky here, because Henderson's going to garner ownership for sure. I do think that by the time Sunday comes along, Wilson will be a lot lower, but people will end up going to him because he saves you so much money. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rex Burkhead is down there as well at 4900 I think that he too will garner interest. And again, he played all the snaps anyway when they were winning. We expected Rex Burkhead to play a ton of snaps when they were losing in the right. game. And they should be losing to Denver this week. Like Denver, Denver should have won by like 30 points on Monday night. It was ridiculous. That, that was my thoughts. But ETN is the one that I'm looking at. He dropped two touchdowns last week. And yeah. then Robinson came in, stole the touchdown. And it's like, oh, well, Robinson's back. Robinson looked great in that game. And that is a pure split. But if this is a game where Jacksonville gets down against Indy, they're home dogs already. If they get down by a touchdown or more, ETN's going to be on the field the entire time. Yeah, he's a, he's another guy I've interested in. And actually, he's another guy that I would be very comfortable pairing with the quarterback. You could go, you can go with Trevor Lawrence, Tre- Trevi Kirk, Etn, correct. And then you've got your guys on the other side. You Jade, know what it is, Jonathan. Well, Michael Pittman might not play, now. and we got to wait and see that. And even <laughs> even the the rookie Alec Pierce, who was trying to get sneaky, were trying to get sneaky with that last week at a cheaper price tag, did not come through as many of the rookies did not. Unless you're named Dotson, I think was the only one, or maybe a couple others. Dorch, he, he came. Dorch, through. yeah. <laughs> 
we'll see. He, he can fit into some stacks this week too with the Derek Carr stuff. But I was just going to say, uh, you've got that situation there to, to monitor. So I actually like the Jacksonville passing game and using uh, ETN in there as well would work. So I like that setup for that game stack. Uh, I'd watch Ken Walker to see his availability. It's a late game on Sunday. Late swapping onto Rashad Penny if he's out. I don't hate that, but I have no interest in Rashad Penny if Kenneth Walker is active. Like, zero. Yeah. And that's the thing. So, like, Lance, I know we didn't get to quarterback or anything there yet, but, like, Lance is looking to get at least some ownership here for the situational stuff that we talked about already with the running backs and all that there. But, you know, in that game, I don't know how much it actually interests you for fantasy purposes all around because, you know, putting in Penny with Lance, you get that type of game. I don't know how that's going to shake out for, you know, ceiling game to get you a, a GPP winner. I, I don't want to spoil the Saturday show that I do where I update all the injuries, full injury report, full rankings update for season long, and the props for the week on prize picks. But uh, Tyler Lockett under 13 and a half fantasy points is in there. Listen, he might smash that, but. That seems like a way too high of a number for Ty. It's the run the Sims number one under prop of the week. Well, Geno Smith is now back. You know, Gino, Gino's oh, yeah, the he, man. He had, a, he had a good drive and a half during a game. He's back. <laughs> He's done. And he... then he came up with a quote that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> and then it got stolen again by Von Miller on the NFL Network earlier today. Yeah, I, I, it was clipped a lot of places, so I can see why people liked it. Are there any cheap running backs that you like? Like, Burkhead seems, I don't want to say the safest option, but, like, Edmonds is 5,200. Jeff Wilson's 5,100. Burkhead's 4,900. If J.K. Dobbins doesn't play, Kenyon Drake is 4,800. I don't love that. Is this a week to buy Damian Pierce, I guess? If people want to use Burkhead now, Pierce is now cheaper. Everyone loved him last week. No one wants him this week. He's 4700 bucks. Bad yeah. spot. Yeah, it's a bad spot. Like you said, that's the only thing. But the, the potential for going back to him and no one's on him now, we see the flop leg play out plenty of times. And it does sound like they met, like the, the coaching staff and everyone was talking about it, like we really should have got the guy the ball more. We already know that he loves him. So it is interesting, but you know, you're setting yourself up for potential failure, but it's, wor- it's worth a shot in some lineups. He is one of the cheaper guys that I would have no problem with. Not a big Burkhead guy, just because I don't see... Even though the point is, yeah, they should be down in that game, et cetera, et cetera, uh, they could still just go on and use the rookie and see what they got and keep rolling them. Oh, absolutely. So, so I, I got in, no problem with that. In terms, of, in terms of layup plays at running back, sort of like the play of the best plays, I think if we just narrow it down to two, for me, it's Gibson and Fournette. Fournette, for sure. Uh, probably Mixon, for me. I, I still like Mixon, and I like them in that game, and I think that game gets you more options for, for fantasy points, so I, I like that. I will tell you that the Sims like Antonio Gibson, do not love Antonio Gibson. I just personally like him a lot. Yeah, and you got to make that decision off of last week, right? I don't think it's chasing by any means. You know, he had a pretty good game. I, I used pricing. him a ton last week. Yeah, it was, was like, great. This, if, if we're all we're really trying to do is project volume at running back, I don't see why he's not included amongst like the elite guys. Yeah, it's like for now. Yeah, Barkley, Mixon. Like, let me ask you, what is safer volume? What is a safer twenty touches in a game if they can get to that? Gibson or Daryl Henderson? Probably Gibson. Gibson or Cordero Patterson? Gibson. Yeah, yeah. The Gibson Henderson, some will argue. I'm just saying Uh, the way I see it this week is that should be wrong too. I think that Acres gets more involved, but it seems like Washington's like, man, he ran more routes last week than any week in his career. Yeah, They weren't using McKissick as much as you would expect. I still think he loses his job in three weeks, but for now, this is what we got. And that's the thing, everyone, from the preseason stuff too, right? There's something about that situation that they didn't like him enough, and obviously the Robinson stuff happened. They have McKissick, all that. But last week was positive. Like, it looked good, so you can go back to him this week, no problem. I like Mixon, Barkley, and then Fournette would be my top three in the range right now. So no no JT, no, no CMC? We'll see how it shakes out. I'll have some, but like I'll, I'll do something different this week. Like for example, Cup, 
I might use in the flex where it's a lot more money. It's not comparable at price, but a lot of people will have Daryl Henderson in the flex with a different roster construction. I'll say, forget Henderson. Let me go to cup. People aren't paying up for wide receiver. People aren't using wide receiver and flex as much. And now I've still got a piece of the exact same spot. If the other stuff gets there, I'm way more unique than those lineups in the afternoon with big upside too in a guy like Cooper Cup. Now that football season has returned, that means I am now in a stretch of working 157 consecutive days. Can't get sick, need high energy. You don't want to see low energy Pat out here on the microphone at any time. So I'm investing in my all-in-one nutritional insurance, and I've seen the big benefits from our next partner, which I use literally every day. It's Athletic Greens because I need more energy, especially in the mornings, to get myself all fired up at 6 a.m., make it sound like I got the enthusiasm because I actually do right now. I've been using Athletic Greens for probably the past year and a half. Never felt better, to tell you the truth. So I highly recommend you get on the Athletic Greens bandwagon right now. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to give you that energy that you need. And some people spend like $100 a day on supplements. No, you don't need to do that. You need to get Athletic Greens. Do it for very cheaply. Cost you less than $3 a day. And it's a micro habit you can do every single day when you wake up and all of a sudden, boom, you've improved your health. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient and daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com slash mayo. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's talk stacks for and receivers. We can probably get to that right now. I'm just looking at the highest owned, highest leverage receiver. Unsurprisingly, Cooper Cup mm-hmm. for the week. Uh, he just projected the most optimal lineups. After that, it's Devontae Adams, then Deontay Johnson, then Hunter Renfro, weirdly enough, although I think the Sims are giving him too much credit, or I'm letting one week just completely wash over me and be like, oh yeah, he's he's cooked. They only throw to Adams now. Yeah, which is still, I, I can't, yeah, exactly. I'm with you on the other side of that. I can't get behind that. Like to me, it, what was it, 49% of the target share for Adams? Yeah. Adams is there. He's going to take a big, a big chunk out of a guy like Renfro, but teams are also going to reflect that and what they do on defense. Not saying Arizona can stop them, but just to say, I think they're going to try and do a lot more. And that leaves a guy like Renfro open more often. Funny enough, you mentioned the two guys at the top being, being with a, a cup, Adams, even Renfro mixer. That was my two quarterbacks at the top, Stafford and Carr. We'll see on the car situation. Like I said, I'll probably have I, I like I like the car stacks, and I like mixing in a Renfro, a Wall, or whoever it is. But if you're making Derek Carr stacks and they don't involve Devontae Adams, you're absolutely fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in more trouble, for sure, because that would be the point. But like I said, then you have to build accordingly. If you're doing that, I think but, that's— But you can. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that's my point. I think if you could just trust— Dorch! You could definitely—so you. here's my example. Carr, Renfro, who we just talked about, or Waller, or both— now you go Dorch, you have the money for Cup. The point of that lineup, and Cup's not in the game. The point is, you're saying it's not going to be an Adams game by running a Renfro or running a Waller or both. You've got the run back if you want to have it that's cheap enough to also correlate and make this work. But now you're saying, I'm going to pay up to Cup in the other game and leverages and don't put Henderson in so, that lineup. So essentially, you're building the same Raiders lineup as everyone else is, mm-hmm. but you're putting cup in the Adams spot and not getting that correlation in the same right. game and then, but your lineup is completely unique versus all of the other Raiders teams. right this is why people love the strategy talk because that's the whole <laughs> people are like what he's not even in the same game Tam I understand that my point is your lineup tells the story that that makes sense it doesn't probably make sense Adams probably smashes again yeah. but the point is if Adams doesn't you've got the pieces that should be involved you've got the leverage play off of Adams in the wide receiver position at an expensive wide receiver where most build th- that way you've got a different version and then because you have Cup you also don't use Daryl Henderson Jr. in the running back position because you're saying Cup's going to eat his lunch and so you've got off a couple you've got off a chalk running back and you've got off the chalk with Carr at wide receiver but a similar lineup style where you you're getting different without getting too cute. It's no different than you were talking to me about showdown and like even when I did the showdown I mean run the sims I mean it has a bunch of great tools. The showdown simulator is the single best thing that it has on the site and I hated Kelsey. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, could you imagine making Thursday night lineups without Travis Kelsey? Like, yeah. you should have. Yeah, that was another, by the way, the uh, we didn't talk about it, the Cust oh, the single cusp. game parlay. <laughs> Look, anytime that Cust gives you two numerical things <laughs> and says they're not going to happen, and you can parlay those together, yeah. uh, you might want to do that. Free money, nine to one. Everybody on Mike Williams hit. overs everything. What, what was the biggest one you saw? Uh, someone had a hundred bucks on the, uh, at 10 to one Yeah, was the, like the best screenshot. I had 55 bucks on it. So yeah, I had 50 nice. bucks on it. So <laughs> I like that. But another one I hit was based off run the Sims on the Kelsey unders. <laughs> and so I just put under that, under that. And then I also took Mahomes and his passing attempts under, and it worked out to like six to one or five to one. And I had another 50 bucks on that. It was not huge money, but the point is like, it was just, but you're also testing off. it out too. Like, yeah. I mean, part of it's not like, oh, well, here's what it says. Million bucks on it. Let's go. Right. You want, you want to. Not it, necessarily hedge, but like dip your toe in the water. It literally hated Kelsey. <laughs> and we'd already had this, this stuff, the Derwin James stuff that was out there. Like there was reasons to not like Kelsey. Uh, Mahomes has already said, I'm going to spread it around, all that. But that was the point. You got situational stuff like that where you can use that tool, not just for DFS. Because it's really hard to win a $15 tournament. Someone did it last night for the full million. But did you have Justin Watson at 0.7% on your mind? Where he got on for a breather for Hardman getting injured? Like, you know, and goes and gets a touchdown first play? Probably not. So you can use it to make your bets and get there that way as well. I thought that was a really good way to use it. Do you believe in the Ender Curse now? More than I ever have in the past. <laughs> and people know this. They've followed me for a long time. Different sites, discords, everything. I was just like, I don't care. I, oh, he's, he's got this golfer this week in one and done. Who cares? 30% of them. Yep, missed the cut. All five of sixes this week. It's happened, but I would never endorse it or get involved. But now, last night, it was literally the most, talk about run pure. The most I've ever run pure was like when I knew, I'm like, Okay, I see Mike, T- Mike Williams running up the side here. He's go- it's going to be a fade, and he's- if he catches it, we get the over 100 yards we needed and the touchdown. I was like, he's going to catch it. And like one hands <laughs> this thing, pulls it in, and at any other time, if this wasn't Cust involved, I would have that ball dropped, and oh, now i got to wait the rest of the game and pray for that spot again. No, it was just like it was absolutely taking candy from a baby, tucks it in, payout, 10 to 1, 9 to 1, whatever you had, perfect. More stacks. I'm going to stay away from, because it looks like T. Higgins is going to be back, and I do think that the Cincinnati stacks is going to be under-owned, but I just prefer Mixon on that offense. I think it's it's not necessarily a low-scoring game. It just feels like it's going to be a slow game. Just Cooper Rush, milk the clock. dude. It's like the Patriots and Steelers game. just feels like it's going to be so slow. I'm just going to play Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, Judy, Sutton, or maybe put in Big Albert O, who every simulation loves. Uh, just mix in that stack and try to figure it out. Yeah, I might do something like I talked about. It's on my list. I love that stack. I love that it goes against the Javante Williams at home because they're a 10-point favorite at home and because they obviously should have won against Seattle. They're going to smash and it's going to be because of running back. No, it could be because of the pass game and we could see Russ cook a little bit like we've always wanted to here and I love that call. I also like it more with what you just said, the double stack. Leave Albert O out. It's another example like I just gave. You go, you go Wilson, Sutton, Judy, you leave the cheap tight end out because and go to a different one somewhere else because most that have that have Wilson will have Albert O in that spot. You leave him out. You can run it back so perfectly with Brandon Cooks on the other side. I think is a great spot to run it back with or use our, our Pierce play that we talked about earlier. And the script is simple. He doesn't go off completely, but he has a good first couple of drives, gets 80 yards on the ground and a touchdown, ha, you know, has his stuff going. And then that forces Russ 
to get these pass catchers involved, and it flips the game script completely to what everybody has it, where it's Javante Williams smashing or Gordon as the sneaky play if they want to play him instead. So I like that setup quite a bit. Wilson, Judy, Sutton, Cooks. Well, expensive, not too expensive. Not, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You don't even have, and yes, you're not going to get the CMCs or Jonathan Taylor. But that's okay because we can do we can do the Gibson Fournette. Let's just talk about that for a second. I just want to see what this turns out to because those two guys are expensive too. You, <coughs> you'll need a cheap tight end for this to work. But it's awesome because most have a cheap tight end, Albert O, in the stack, yeah. and you're so going now, away from So that. now we can use Jawan Johnson, mm-hmm. and it correlates with Fournette enough. And like you said, that, that'll be somewhat popular, but this stack, by and large, will not be. So now you have Juwan Johnson. What is he, 2500 bucks? So you can go... Which is a secondary stack with Fournette. Yeah. So you have the Denver main stack with Cooks coming back. You have Fournette and Johnson correlated. Antonio Gibson, who I just like. Right. Now you can plug in But whoever. he's fine. Yeah, you can plug fine. in whoever. Like if you like Daryl Henderson, use Daryl Henderson there. I don't. I like Gibson a lot better. So you just... That's your team. You have a flex and defense left. You still have $4,800 for each spot. And so the D's going to be cheap. There is no $4,800 D, so you're going up on your next position. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you could use Bengals D. I would recommend not using Bengals D this week. Yeah. That is just straight up. They're going to be like 40% owned. And not to say that they're not a good play. They're probably a good play. They're 2200 bucks, but everyone is using them. Well, yeah. And, 20, and defenses don't work that way. $2,200 D got there last week when Chicago, I mean, obviously you need Pittsburgh uh, last Mi- week. But Miami D got there last Miami week Miami D got there at 2400 I think it was. Ch- Chicago at home in the, in the weather against San Fran. But give me your take real quick on that because you've been the one to call this all along and I'm with you on it. But so Dallas backup quarterback, Cincy D against, but how do you see this playing out? Like if Mixon smashes like you think, do you pair it up with the Cincy D? Because no. I don't love playing a chalk defense, but I'm just saying you, it sounds like Dallas should have to pass the ball here. It sounds like Dallas, I, in my mind, Dallas is, I don't want to say going to tank the game, but their strategy is going to be try to run 75% of the plays. Even if they're Milk down. that clock down. Don't turn the ball over. Don't get beat by 50. Yeah, like yeah. I, don't, I don't think, like what do we have Cooper Rush projections at in terms of passing? I think it's really low. And that would be sort of the indicator. Like I like even I like, last, like yeah, e- yeah. even when I was talking about showdown on Thursday, and even the defenses on the show with Jake. One of the main things that I talked about was like I don't mind the Chargers' defense or the Chiefs' defense. Like I, they might give up 50 points, but they're probably going to face a bunch of passing attempts, and the Chiefs did, and they got the pick six, and they're going to be a top five defense this week. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how many points you give up. It's how many opportunities do you get to score and actually break the slate. And that's going to be my issue. And that's why I wanted to ask With the Cincinnati Dallas. D. Yeah, It's going to be, I just don't know how many attempts that they're going to get. Now, it's so, okay. We do actually have, see, the Sims would actually like the Bengals D because Cooper Rush projected for 38 passing attempts. I personally don't think that happens. I just never liked the chalkiest defense. And even if that one, like, there's ways to make it work and do stuff with it. But I'm with you. I kind of liked how you broke that down where even they're going to get beat, I think. Like, we'll see if uh, Survivor pools get crushed again this week because I think Cincy will be one of the popular picks with those 10-point favorites. They'll be popular too because it's against Dallas with no pieces. But, you know, how, how does that shake out? That's what I was asking. I wasn't super impressed by Cincinnati last week. Yeah, it did not look good. Their, but their, their new and improved offensive line looked like real dog shit. Well, that, that's where a narrative just goes too far, though. <laughs> last week, you're right. But that's the whole point. It's the, the, like the Baker. It's a revenge game. Like everyone, It wasn't just it was a revenge game. The narrative wouldn't be left off there. People had to keep saying it like, it's a revenge game, so he's going to smash. It's like he ended up actually having an okay game and getting them back in it and then losing. But my point is, people take the narrative too far. The O-line won 
it's a new O-line. It can only go two ways, good or bad. And what if it's not all on point? And it definitely wasn't. They still were in that game though. So that's where I have trouble seeing Dallas sort of playing catch up. And I like your take where it's like, they'll just try not to lose by 20 points. A lot like the Browns Carolina. I know points were scored in that game, Yeah, but they just ran every, both teams just ran the entire time. Like they were successful at doing it, but you're not generating fantasy points against the other way. Like people would be loading up on the Browns D. I actually don't hate the Jets D. And staying on the stack, I don't mind that either, by the way, but I was just going to say, what's the situation with uh, Chase right now? Are you seeing ownership on him? I've got uh, not quite 10% still. So. No, he's, I mean, Jamar Chase, just because of where he falls in the salary, where he's not cup and he's not Adams, I think is going to be perpetually under-owned every single week as a solo one-off play mm-hmm. until he starts being better than cup Jefferson. And he is just as yeah. good, and he's cheaper, and he's, substantially cheaper but like let's even throw it's like same as Debo this week like why would anyone use Debo honestly like you saw what he did last week and that's sort of like I mean does he score two rushing touchdowns he is not involved in the passing game yeah. at all that, that's why you have to be careful right you never know what well, that's gonna shake like out if, I, if I told you that you could have I don't know let's just call Debo Samuel a running back because that's essentially what he is at this point a $7,800 running back that gets eight carries a week. Yeah. It's you want that? Then it's horrible. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the way that you have to think of him. And there's going to be weeks where he absolutely demolishes. He'll end up with eight carries for two touchdowns, five catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. And if you don't have him, you're absolutely fucked. Yeah. But most weeks he is a negative in your lineup. Right. Now this week, the difference maker would be that it would be one of the weeks to, again, get comfortable running feeling back, uncomfortable injuries. because oh, yeah. you've got injuries at running back and no one wants to play Wilson still. you got people that like Lance. And what if it does become a Debo week at 7,800 at a wide receiver position that you're filling? But you did bring up a good point with Chase that I want to talk about for two seconds. It fits what we're talking about. Is Cup last week in the Thursday night football game, was Stafford sucked. Cup smashed. Last week, Burrow, nowhere near needed. Chase had like 30 and could have had 45 or 50. Like he crushed. And it, and yes, that would have brought Burrow along further. But my point is he doesn't just do it all on touchdowns and in the end zone. He's just picking up those things. Do you think we could see Chase do that again this week and fit that spot I was talking about earlier where maybe he eats Mixon's lunch, but you don't need the stack at all. It's just he crushes because it's against Dallas and he's the one-off that sort of is your Jefferson from last week without Cousins or your Cup without Stafford. He could be that. I think if I was going to play a Bengal and he's active and it's not Joe Mixon, I want a piece of that passing game, i play T. Higgins. Yeah, and especially with the potential for low, low, ownership, low ownership based on the injury. injury. Yes, yeah. But yeah. I, I just don't think I want a ton of the Bengals passing game. Like the pass rush for Dallas, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Very opportunistic corners. We, bro just threw four picks. I know that he ended up getting there. Yeah. But like, what if, I don't want to say he's going to throw four picks. But let's say he throws two. And then like the... Did Bengals defense look good or is it that the Pittsburgh offense is absolutely dreadful like I think the Dallas offense with Cooper Rush is better than whatever the hell Pittsburgh's doing right now and they're just going to try to slow it down slow it down that if they give up a possession or two none of the pass catchers are getting there live ad to the spreadsheet on the show one of my favorite things to do and you just reminded me of it is opposite defense opposite of the chalk defense and what's going to happen here Arizona defense that that's great but <laughs> that's I, i'm saying dallas defense they're still at home you just said it what if the o-line is not improved in week two again too what if he does chuck it's like in, in golf we talk about this all the time oh the guy gained four strokes putting he's not going to do it in the second day but he still gains like two strokes the next day and still has a great round in showdown for example here it's the same thing maybe burrow doesn't throw four picks again highly doubtful that or highly unlikely that he does it's doubtful but he could throw a pick or two 
He could get sacked a bunch still, and the, everyone's on the Cincy D. You can just play the defense on the other side, and that goes against the Mixon guys that are playing Mixon. It goes against Burrow, Chase, all them, where you're just saying, look, I'm not interested as much. My lineup doesn't fit them. So especially in a lineup, you're not putting it against them, but I'm saying you could just put Dallas D in there as opposite D. I really do like that. What do you think are going to be the two most popular stacks? I think it's going to be Raiders and Rams. Uh, Raiders for sure. Jeez, I don't know for the second I think one, Denver though. will be relatively popular too, but like you said, more people want to play Javante. People want to play Javante and they don't want to stack him, I don't think. that's. I mean, you only... could after what we saw last week. You definitely could, <laughs> yeah. Uh, pro- probably the Rams still, though. I think like people still end up getting there, especially by Sunday, where it, right now it looks like a little lower owned. That would be the one that I would see steam up a little bit more. And then for cheaper ones, I don't know. Like That's why I asked you earlier. Do you think... Do Atlanta. You think, yeah, Mariota could be involved. Mar- Mariota Pitts Drake or Mariota Pitts, Mariota Drake. I don't think people like Pitts and Drake enough. I was going to say, what do you think about Lawrence versus Wentz? So Wentz, especially in that Detroit game, they just saw him do it. Is it chasing or is it just that it is still a pretty good offense that's condensed enough? And now Detroit, up-tempo, just played that high-scoring game with Philly. What, what do you think about those two cheap ones, Lawrence and Wentz? I think I would go with Lawrence. Only it's not that I dislike Wentz. I actually do like him in this spot because mm-hmm. he is the he's a lot. He's so much like the year Jameis had the thirty thirty year that Wentz even even if they're up, he's going to throw the other team back into the game, forcing him to throw more, yeah. or he throws himself down early and he has to throw the entire game, which is just a great fantasy outcome for everybody. But I just like Gibson more in that game. And like we haven't talked about Curtis Samuel or Dotson yet. I think looking at the Samuel target share from last week, yeah. It's pretty impressive. Very, very good. And someone I saw a stat, I'll have it in the tidbits tomorrow, but it was like basically him and McLaurin were the same. And that's that's crazy when you think about the pricing gap. And people always did like Curtis Samuel. Like he was a thing in Carolina and it just no, sort of never quite panned out, but they had a lot of other options there. They had CMC, D, they had DJ Moore, they had Robbie Anderson, all that stuff in his way. Now it's kind of a spot where you could see it and they still have Dotson, like you talked about. And, and what was Gibson's target? Seven? Yeah. Last I think, week, I think. I think so. So like and when you think about it, Wentz, Gibson, McLaurin, don't play them all, but I'm saying your, your condensed offense, Samuel, Dotson, and Logan Thomas. He, he... Thomas will get healthier. Yeah. Like he was involved last week. Maybe that's why Samuel had so many underneath routes. I don't know. Samuel right now, $4,600. I got him around 6% ownership. I think he comes in higher than that. I think though. he creeps up for sure. It's not just us and, thinking about it anyway. So and, yeah, and I've used Samuel enough times over the past five years to know that I know this is just a ridiculous statement to make, but every time that people get on Curtis Samuel, he puts up zeros. Like, I also don't trust his hamstrings. Yeah. He's been hurt the last three years for like the entire year because of these hamstrings. He makes it through one week. Everyone's like, well, he's fine now. And the Lawrence <laughs> side might be even more condensed when you think about it. Kirk. Even if you just wanted to go Kirk and Lawrence, I think that's probably good enough. Like, you yeah. don't need to mix ETN into that. Right. But, but that's, if you want to go further, you can. That's kind of the point. The larger field that you're in, I'm okay with adding a little bit more to the mix. But like you said, if you just go him, Kirk, and then pick your run back, we'll wait and see what happens with Pittman. But it's another prime example where Pittman, let's say Pittman's out. Well, well let's just say we have to wait and see what the practice report is today. Mm. And we see then it's like uh, Doolin or it's Paris Campbell or something like that that becomes the popular value play. This is my point where everyone knows and agrees that's a good value play. And regard like let's go there. But then they like, oh, I'll put them with Kirk. But if they're if they both have good games, why not have one of the Matt Ryan have, or the Lawrence? Throwers. And I would probably choose Lawrence, but I'm saying like that's my point where you just get into it that way. And that's what I took away from last week. Doesn't mean it will always happen the same this week, but that's why people are saying cash game lineups were winning last week. When I did my actual review, it wasn't a lot of like the Hertz lineups 
that ended up winning, even though he got 25 DraftKings points of his I mean, chalk. It, it was people that built around the other chalk. It was. And, like, I, I can tell you firsthand, like, I went up and I scrolled to the top of a lot of the single entries that I was in. They had the same basic lineup construction as me. I think both the ones, the higher dollar ones that I was in were Kirk and Jefferson. Right. Like, uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. I just didn't play as much chalk around it as they did. But just no one used Cousins, as it turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, exactly. That was the thing. That, that was the thing. He was the one that, sort of that Minnesota Green Bay game of last week, started to feel like the sneaky non-sneaky game but then other people they flipped near the end and people were like i'm still avoiding it but i'll play jefferson as my one-off and get exposure that way which was smart because he was great and it worked out and he made sense in those knowns of guys that are going to have big games you just didn't know you could put them all together last week so looking at it Pittman, 98 percent of the snaps last week yeah. now does Pittman become a really good play if he's active because people will just be off of him. Unless he practices... Listen, we're recording this Friday morning. We don't know whether or not he's going to practice on Friday. Yeah. If he doesn't practice on Friday, which is usually a bad sign that he's not going to play, but let's say he's active. I feel like I, I can burn some money on that. Yeah, he's going to be popular, though. I don't... You I, think so? Yeah, like, even if... like Especially if the report today is that he's back at practice. Yeah, but let's say, the, let's say the report today is that he's not back at practice. And then he played? And then he plays. Would be slightly... Would definitely be slightly better because he's now going to be, what, 10 to 12%? No, he'll be lower of, than that. Maybe even lower. Yeah, that, that's my point. Versus 15 to 20, which is what I can see happening right now. So what you're looking at is Paris Campbell, 77% of the snaps. Alec Pierce, 51% of the snaps. Ashton Doolin, 35%. But Pierce of hasn't the, been at practice yet either, I believe. So... I mean, what we'll to see? Here's the problem with Paris Campbell, and this works into your new, I believe, in the Andrews theory. There's no player that Cust loves more than Paris Campbell. So if he's, if we're sitting here on Sunday, which we will be live show, 7 p.m. Eastern. I think we're gonna try to go right at the end of the games. Like, <laughs> Last wa- week's was so good, by the way. Uh, it, it's gonna be a different show every week. Right. <laughs> it's good. The snap and everything. You oh, yeah. Going here. Yeah. We, we had some fun last week. We got Meanie on this week, so it's probably gonna be like a less high energy with people yelling at each other. Meanie's good. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're having Meanie in. He's the best. But it's gonna be a different vibe of the show every single week, which is fun. I think as a recap show, we'll probably talk more football this week yeah. rather than absolute nonsense. But completely lost my. Oh yeah. Paris Campbell. Cuss sees him have one catch. He's taking to Twitter and be like, comeback player of the year, Paris Campbell. He's done it the past two years. He's blown out his knee later that day. So we have to get the same game parlay of unders in because he's going to get a catch. And then that's going to happen. So if we can, can you, can you get advanced on the curse? Well, uh, if Pittman is declared out on Friday, he'll be all over Paris Campbell. Then you just want to go under, 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 under. Yeah. I keep thinking about it out loud to switch it back though, but it's like the expensive running backs are just not going to be as popular this week because they didn't work out last yeah, and week the, fully. And the expensive receivers did, so everyone's going to use the it expensive receivers. It just flip-flops, right? And so now when you think about this game, like we said earlier, without being stupid, you can literally just play Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor against the Jags with Lawrence and Chris, and Christian Kirk. And boom, and, and Kirk got so many options. He was playing in the slot. He was getting, like a, again, better floor-ceiling combination, and he didn't even really break out huge. I think he can have an even bigger game so that's an example where you're just not getting stupid but you're playing a good little mini stack if you go lawrence taylor kirk you have forty nine hundred dollars per player left yeah and you have a cheap d a cheap time yeah, you can use, there's albert, usable you can pieces use albert, that bump that, that number up once you play that stack you can play albert a one and a coom or juan johnson all you want yeah or jams a jones in there too oh god He's, i mean not, i, I know i know yeah. but like it'll be marv then ingram no Ingram sucks. He does. Like, he is he's legitimately always, terrible. He's never really been good, but if you think about the week where people are playing cheaper tight ends, I think most would go like Alberto and Cooks as a mini stack, and you could have 
Ingram and just leave and play different guys in your positions. I'm just making stuff up as I go of guys that you could use with Lawrence. So maybe it's not as condensed as we actually think, but I think that's fine. We know at least who the options are and you can mix and match them throughout your stacks. Like I'm good with not playing the goof or and Amon Brown together. I think Swift, if he's like still murky about playing, that if he plays, I think I like that. The Tampa stack, I do like once we get a bit more clarity. Like if we know right. Evans is playing for sure, then I'm good with Brady Evans Fournette and bring it back with Juwan Johnson or whatever we do in that spot. Like the Russell Wilson stack, the only other one, because I have interest in it every single week, is just Lamar with Bateman and Andrews because no one's going to use the Ravens this week. Yeah, and if you think he's going to pass more, like this, this situation I, I is feel, true. I feel like Lamar, Andrews together, stock every, just allocate five lineups to those stacks every week because it's going to win. It's going to be the best stack of the week like three times a year. And this week would be one of those weeks you want to do this, and I'm definitely doing it because it's more expensive tight end when everyone's paying down. We talked about Albert O and all these other guys in these situations. Uh, Kittle likely out, all these factors. So Andrews makes sense there. And then who's the guy you're going to run it back with? Oh, yeah, we talked about him already. Tyreek Hill, guy that can literally put up 40 and break a slate. So 50 points on the other side. I wouldn't even hate, like, if you're going to go all in on this game, Bateman... Andrews, Lamar, Hill, or Waddle, whichever one you want yeah, to do. Pick, I prefer but I Hill, like Hill for but the... I probably also put Chase Edmonds into it too because he's cheaper. And in this particular scenario that we've developed, I mean, he was like their third leading receiver. And people love week. Chase Edmonds. I'm, I'm not a big believer. It's just he's going to get if they're could, but, in this game. In, sense, in yes. this game, if the stack works, the Ravens are up by 20, and all they're doing is five yard passes to Chase Edmonds and Tyree Kill the entire game. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Like I said, I, I understand from that perspective. The other thing too, it worked um, last week. One of the winning tournament lineups had that of a different tournament had like Hertz with Goddard, and then it ran it back with Swift and somebody else, Saint Brown, Saint Brown, or something. It ended up working. I forget it exactly, but my point was, it's not the conventional stack. They went with like a two-two with the quarterback, where most run it like you were talking about with like Andrews, Bateman, and Lamar and then running it back with one guy or two or whatever, you could run Lamar Andrews with Edmonds and Tyreek or Waddle and just say that it's all Lamar Andrews and Lamar does get it going on the ground a little bit. So that's their offense. Yeah. And you don't need to run the third guy in Bateman when you could run the other side passing more. So I do like that from just a different way to build your lineup out. Over under 2% ownership for CD Lamb. <laughs> that might be the number. It's not going to be, it's not going to be very much at all. So uh, I was gonna. I wasn't gonna bring him up, but I was gonna say something there when we talked about Pittman. Uh, Pittman is in the middle, and if he plays, if he practices today, he's gonna be popular in that spot. Is you've got Lamb and Evans right above him, and you've got Terry McLaurin and Amon Ross St. Brown. Waddles under there too. St. St. Brown's gonna be owned. Hollywood Brown's gonna be owned because people are stacking up that game. Yeah, but I like Metcalf is one that's just right there. Yeah, Waddle to me is just that's why I brought up to go back to this game is like Waddle's right there at 6,400 to um, Pittman's 6,700. And I think they're very similar plays. T. Higgins has not practiced all week. So yeah. just keep your eye on that. Uh, I think that's it for stacks for me. Is there anyone like you? We, I, you could go my, the Miami side and bring it back with Andrews, I suppose, if you want. I just prefer the Lamar side because he can do it all himself. So I think I'm going to have a lot of Raven stacks. Kind of sold me on the Jags with Jonathan Taylor. I like that. And I think the the Denver one that we worked out, I really like. A yeah, lot. I like I like that one too. I do like the two aside. I will say that just to see, because he, all I'm saying is what that does is gets you more money to build into that. I would still go with Andrews because I still want the play of paying up at tight end and not playing a cheap one. Him with Tyreek 
and then going with Andrews is all you really need. And if Tyreek breaks the slate, Tua is going to be attached. Maybe he runs one in. I'm not a big believer in Edmonds like I talked about. So maybe it's him taking it away from Mostert and Edmonds at the line and it ends up being him with Tyreek going off. Andrews the other side, keep it simple. And then you could start plugging in the chalk as you please because no one's going with that stack. So, or, or the majority are not, I should say. No no one else really. Did you like anything? The last game I was going to ask you about it, tie it to any position you want though, was with the Barkley situation. The Giants, I'm seeing a little love for Daniel Jones. Um, Shepard, right, is there. You could stack that side up. And then Baker on the other side of that game with DJ Moore. And, and the, you know. the only two guys I would use from that game are Barkley and CMC. That's it. I don't. I have zero interest in anyone else. Okay. I, 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 the only other guy I like <clears throat> is DJ Moore. That's why I brought him up at the end. I, th- I think, again, he's another guy that can just pick it up as we go along. But I, I'm not sure about stacking it up. So And Daniel Jones was supposed to be super popular last week. The way the slate eventually shook out, he didn't get very popular overall. But Barkley took away and did all the work anyway. Do you wonder if everyone's on Barkley this week chasing, but not chasing points. I'm saying just they're, they're moving over. They're getting the ownership on now because they believe in what they saw. Is there an angle there to go with like a Daniel Jones, CMC, and then pick Shepard or a couple of receivers or something like that? Maybe. Daniel Jones sucks. <laughs> like he's just bad. Okay. <laughs> that, that solves that one. Yeah, I tend to agree. All right, we, we can move on to the next topic. Cheap wide receivers and tight ends to fill out your lineups with. I think that's the what we'll close on here. Jacoby Myers, Curtis Samuel are the two that are being spit out as like the best cheap wide receiver values. And I think that as one-offs, they're going to be Myers less so, but Samuel is going to be popular as the guy. Oh, I need some savings. There's Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. And then I think some of the ones from last, like I love, we already love, we talked about the Samuel. I can get there. I'm just saying, but Dotson had a really good first week. So that could carry over some. Um, I think all year long, we're going to see this. I don't know as much this week because what we just saw Michael Thomas do, but I think Olave, people are going to just keep forcing that to make it work because it's going to happen at some point. And this week you'll hear conversations as we get to tomorrow on Sunday of Jawan Johnson picking up steam there, which is a cheap tight end, but there people will say, why not just try Olave instead and go back to him again? He's going to break out. It took Justin Jefferson a couple weeks before he became what he was his rookie year. Maybe that's the same for Olave. And I, I don't disagree completely, but um, he, he's on my list. And then Gage and Boyd based on injuries and yeah. potential there, they'll pick but, up. But Steve. you have to watch out. Definitely got to watch the out report. So here, yeah. the, here are the cheap guys at receiver of $5,000 and below that I think are viable. I don't know if I'm going to get to them, but I think that they should be on everyone's radar. Jacoby Myers, Curtis Samuel, Noah Brown at $3,800 in that Bengals game. Uh, ben uh, Skroenek. He's always out there. He's thirty. Scow. He's thirty three hundred dollars. Like yeah. that's pretty cheap. And Dorch at thirty five. Yeah, and then I I've got a couple others. I think um, we talked about. Well, you mentioned Dorch, but uh, Doolin. We talked about. We'll we'll pick up a little steam if they end up having guys out in Indy. How much is Campbell? I don't want to play him, but just how much is I want to say 37 or 3900. So he'll be popular if, if Pittman's out for sure. Yeah, he makes sense. And then who was the other one? Oh, Nico Collins. He's in that Denver game. He had some targets last week. People actually were playing him last week, surprisingly, at 4,100. And if you're not playing... For some reason, there's also people that don't like Brandon Cooks. He's too small. He's not good enough. (laughs) You know who likes Brandon Cooks? Me. He just prints money for me. I I like him quite a bit, too. So, uh, Zay Jones was Zay Jones is actually somewhat interesting, but I think I wouldn't want to overdo that stack. I just don't think they score enough points. Yeah, and then Drake London's not super cheap, but again, he's another one that targets were there. 
you know, more of a breakout. Maybe he's Dotson of this week or Olave, like I said earlier. So I think that's where we start to see uh, people go depending on how they're stacking up these games. I like your idea of paying up at tight end in a week where everyone is paying down at tight end. Mm-hmm. I think that Mark Andrews is clearly the best tight end on the slate. Like it's not even close yeah. in terms of overall upside, the safety he provides, and you're probably going to get an ownership below 10%. Like that's a perfect mix of everything that you're looking for. And it's not a one for one pivot. Cause it's not like you're pivoting off of Brevin Jordan and getting to Mark Andrews. There's a $4,000 difference there. You need to figure it out somewhere else and playing with Lamar does become somewhat expensive, but getting to him because I, I'm just looking at it now, big Albert. O. I don't know what, he gets up to and maybe he ends up still becoming like right now in our leverage percentage we have him at 12 percent ownership i think he comes in higher than that yeah. but he is in 20 percent of the optimal lineups yeah he makes perfect sense there's ways you can do it differently you could play a double tight end set i usually don't because it hasn't been what wins large field tournaments but i'm just saying there's ways you can do it my thinking though is this and one thing i've always stood by is one avoid the chalkier tight ends even andrews is not really chalk at like 13 14 because like i said you've got a whole different construction once you get there like a waddle and a tua or something like you can just build it so differently that i don't care about his ownership but i've always been high on this move and it's when you know first off don't play the, t- the chalk tight end like the chalk defense second of all try and avoid what everybody else is doing in any weeks when you can get the better or at least higher floor higher upside tight ends with low ownership it used to be like the kelsey's the uh, it was actually zach Ertz and kittles and stuff that it used to be but this week it would be mark andrews you could still get leverage on him darren waller and kyle pitts the the problem with waller the the problem with waller is he's going to be in a lot of those raider stacks which project to be pretty popular it's the same thing that i think that every one of the raiders stacks that doesn't have waller Ertz is going to be the tight end on, the, on like that you have in your lineup. Like he's the bring back for you yeah. at 45. Juwan Johnson, I don't think gets to a ton of ownership. I really don't think that happens. He'll be like the cash game guy because he's 2,500 bucks. I'm going to see what I'm seeing. Uh, I think that Higby is going to be the cash game guy. It's going to be Higby, Albert O, and then it will be Juwan Johnson. Like at maybe the one-off will be Albert O. If they really need to save money, it's going to be Juwan Johnson. But I think that Higby finds his way into a lot of those lineups. Yeah, 4,200? Yeah, Higby's definitely going to be popular. That's what I'm saying. So there's a couple things you can do. But like I said, with the Waller thing, that's why I'm not as concerned. It's You can do two things. One, use him without Adams in those stacks. That's how you get different. We talked about it earlier. Or two, do something different in that lineup and you have it like him and Dorch as a secondary stack and just say this game is not going to go off like everyone thinks. Adams is not going to break the slate. I'm going to use Waller to get my lineup different and pay up and not have him in the stacks. Dorch as the cheap piece and then I'm going to go to a heavier stack or a more expensive running back or something that's different within the, your whole setup, but you just have a different secondary stack. Oh, you want to play? How about this? Let me, let me rig this up for, for you here. And we'll get Dorch and Ertz. Okay. Same game. And you still get Devontae Adams, who everyone just, I, as a one-off play, I think Adams Just do fine. what? Kyler, Dorch, Kyler, Ertz. Dorch, Ertz, Adams. And you still have 5,200 per player. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's how you're getting different with the situation that people are just going to avoid. That's what I'm saying. Like, the first three weeks, you need to start thinking like this, where you should always be thinking like this, but especially these weeks where everyone's just trying to avoid everything, embrace some of it, and find a way to get unique with it. You just brought up a great example. But again, it's still, you need Kyler to be good 
finally uh, get, come back around. You need Dorch to have another game like he did, and you need Ertz to get in the end zone. It's possible. Well, I wanted to look at that because I didn't do the full... I mean, I did it on Sunday and because I have like goldfish brain. I completely forgot, so I actually need to look this up in real time. The... Where is it? Kansas City, Arizona game. Dorch got all of that because we all like... I used A.J. Green last week. He was horrible. But is it because he wasn't playing or is it because just he was covered in this spot? Let's see. You know, Dorch played 91% of the snaps. Yeah. That's crazy. Played almost as much as Hollywood Brown. It was also crazy that he was the same price last week as like Dobbs and other guys there that you just, you know, you could just go to Dorch. I bet, did anyone, like everyone. One tenth of the ownership. But there's a reason that AJ Green started appearing in cash game lineups, single entry lineups, myself included. We all just thought it was going to be him and it wasn't. It was Dorch. Yeah, you almost had to like apply it exact same way. People didn't want to play Randall Cobb as much. I did play Randall right, Cobb. Right, people did still because they, they liked that connection, but they went to Dobbs to try out the new thing. If you didn't want to play A.J. Green, he's very much in the same class as Randall Cobb. You're kind of over these guys. They're, they're past their prime where you could just go to Dorch. And people did play it enough where, you know, not like it got chalk enough. Like I'm just saying people talked about it in that sense. Bengals defense is going to be hilariously owned. We've already talked about this. I think it's a great fade. Yep, X amount. If they don't go off, like you, you have your other shots. If you want to pay down, Falcons D against the Rams, I kind of like a lot, just because I don't think that the Rams have an offensive line. And all of a sudden, the team with the worst pass rush in the NFL last year, all of a sudden was harassing Jameis against a good offensive line mm-hmm. all day. So maybe their pass rush is a little bit better. Other than that, I think that the Saints defense at $2,400, well, may be popular. People still don't want to stack against the Bucks offense, but the ba- the Bucks pass rate over expectation is so high that they're just going to get ample opportunities. Mm-hmm. So the Saints and the Falcons are probably the two paid-down defenses that I would go to, or the Cardinals, that if everyone's going to stack up Derek Carr and the Raiders, and you don't want to play that Kyler stack that we just talked about, you don't want to play without Adams, just take the Arizona defense. See what happens. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that either. I think that's one you could go to. I, I like the the Dallas call that you brought up earlier, just getting on the other side of that. It's almost like what you just talked about with Atlanta, too, where if you played the Falcons' defense, you're going against the chalk in Henderson. You're going against Cooper Cup. You're going against Stafford. You're, you're just saying, if, if, you, if you already don't have that in your lineup, that's why like defense isn't as important for what you click in, but you still want some thought behind it. And if it ends up making game theory sense as well, in this example, it does. You don't, you're obviously not playing against it. That's what people land on like, oh, but that's against the Rams. Well, why, why do you care? You're, you're saying the Rams aren't going to do shit. You don't have them in your lineup anywhere. Yeah. So what you, why would you care? Especially in that build, people get so worried about who they're against. But if you look, flip your own script, you don't believe in them. You're yeah, not playing th- them in that build. That is 100% correct. And I, I feel like we've, we talked about this on the strategy show, which you can go find on Mayo Media Network, like the intro to the year. But yeah, if you really think that the Rams are going to win by 40 points, why aren't you using any Rams? Right. If they're, and, and exactly. It's not even just always that of scoring points against your defense, but it's opportunities. And that's the other side of it. Like you're just saying, if they're not going to do anything that you want to happen, then that you're willing to put them in your build, especially a single entry or a three max, you should have no problem going the other side of that and just plugging that in. Like looking at the, like just running the slate 10,000 times, run the sims.com slash mayo for that 10% discount weekly, monthly, annual. Try out the weekly. Test it out. See how it likes it. See how you like it, I suppose. See how it likes it, too, with your custom <laughs> inputs. Yeah. See how that goes. <laughs> but the Bengals' boom rate to smash this week after 10,000 simulations, it's 25%. Like, it's very high. Yeah. It's the highest of any of the defenses per dollar. Yeah. The Falcons, 8%. Do you really think it's going to be a... you really think that the Falcons will be a third of the Bengals? No, they're going to be like a tenth. 
the yeah. 20th of ownership. That's why you want to mix them in. Like I said, I don't think if you want to X out Cincy, you can. I'm, I am. I'm Xing out Cincy. Yeah. I, you, I, I see no advantage to playing the Cincinnati defense this week. The only reason I'll say this, because usually it's my auto X, but I'm saying I, I can cap and get different. My lineups will be built different where people get it twisted where they don't figure that sure, out. Sure, but yet, defenses but are the least predictable thing going. They are. But I'm saying, again, it's all how you build it. I, if I have a Cincy D, it'll have Mixon. Like, it'll be just that they smashed him with Mixon, and then the defense takes over, and Cooper Rush is throwing the ball and having and making mistakes, and they just get crushed. And you could definitely see that where... Uh, you see this all the time, too. A lot of people have the D but didn't play Mixon or have Mixon but avoided the D because they're chalky, and you end up needing both. So I can cap it to be I'm underweight, but people always confuse that with, oh, you're not, getting, you're not taking a stance. No, because defense is very unpredictable. And when I am using them, I'm using them in a way that makes sense with the site and still tells the story that we talked about the other way. Falcons... Saints, main two from under $2,500. I'll mix those through. And I think I might just blindly play Arizona a little bit. And then there's no pay-up defense I'm like really into. I could see the Panthers. The Panthers are the one at $3,000. Very few people are going to use them. And in. you know what? They get to play Daniel Jones. Always a good thing. You just said earlier. That's my. <laughs> here's an exact example that gets overlooked sometimes. You said Daniel Jones just sucks. Automatic <laughs> thought from you, which is fair. But at the same time, then you should probably play the D. You know what else? Everyone's playing Barkley. He's probably the highest owned running back on the slate. If he doesn't come through and you've got the Carolina D against that doesn't mean you have to plug in CMC to the example I gave before because no one's even playing the Carolina D. You can just play them and no Giants and you're set. The other one that I like to pay up, the only other one that I was uh, had some interest in though was the, um, the Cleveland Browns. I going, See, I don't. Going against the Jets. I just wear... This one becomes difficult because Flacco threw so much last week. That's what I'm saying. But there's no way that can be sustainable, especially against this Browns offense, which is going to be a lethargic, run a ton, move the clock. The Ravens weren't able to run last week. And maybe it's because they had no running backs. Lamar didn't want to run, or the Jets' run defense is really good. Now, if the Jets' run defense is really good and the Browns don't run and they have to pass then I think that you get into a better situation where it speeds, it, like this that's game doesn't saying, get yeah. sped up. So that's a scenario you want to play. I feel like they're going to be relatively popular because they're playing the awful Jets. They're just so expensive. I don't know. Like, I think I'd rather take the Broncos against Houston than take the Browns against the Jets. Yeah, the Browns are, I'm seeing like under 5%. They're 3,700. It's it's just another way to get unique and they don't want to pay up all the time. Saying We were talking about pay up defenses. I, I prefer. I would rather go Broncos and Ravens over Browns. Yeah, Bron Broncos would be fine too because Davis Mills actually does chuck the ball around. He's thirty eight hundred. Um, I'm going to stand by it. I still I still like the Browns. I think what you just described is a perfect reason. It's still Flacco, and I think in both situations he's tossing the ball around and can make mistakes. So uh, I actually don't mind it. I, so I think it could be it, good. If you just want to blindly go after a quarterback because of passing attempts, which we love to do, here are the highest projected passing attempts on the slate: Brady, Cooper Rush, Trevor Lawrence. Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco. So, yeah, Flacco's on there. I, I like the other ones too. I like what you brought up about going against Brady there. What about the other side going against Winston? I don't hate it, but another way, I was just going to say the reason I brought it up is the Mixon Cincy version is going to be really popular because of Mixon's so, popular so and Cincy's popular. Camara and the Saints, you're saying? No, I'm saying Tampa Bay against Winston, which would go with your with four Fournette. net chalk that no one's putting that together. I don't mind. The, the issue with Tampa Bay then becomes. What's our price? Bucks are thirty three hundred. Like fair in the middle. It, it's fair. It's just I maybe it's because I've had listen. I have very little success with just like random picks of things. I'm good at finding low owned like low owned cheap defenses, and it allows me to do more in my lineups that I'm 
weirdly confident in like the loser defenses that I pick. And they're good. They still come through. And I think there's, like I said, there's so much merit to using them and all the examples we gave. One thing I will say, and it, it ties together the other things we talked about is a lot of what happened in week one gets brought across. And so two things that happened in week one, cheap defense got there since he is that this week, Miami got there last week. And even this week, Miami is looking to pick up a little bit of steam just because they did it last week, maybe again against Lamar. So uh, I think you're seeing the cheaper defenses become a little bit more popular. 33 is kind of a sweet spot right there in the middle. So I, I don't hate it. And it's another way to get different with your Fournette ownership that you've got and is going to be built in. I can see it. At Totec and Tambo. Tidbits come out on Saturday. Saturday. I'll try to include them in the newsletter as long as I don't. I'll try and get them out earlier, but I, I know how it works in some cases. But I know with football, it's more important to get it like all the information because so much of that stuff that comes out is important as the week goes on. We talked about it today, the injuries and all that. So I really do like putting it out on Saturday. At the PME for me, what's the discount code at runpuresports.com? Right now, RPS Heater 25 you can use. For or, or DM me and I'll get you set up proper. So toe tag and tambo on Twitter. Find me. We'll get you set up at rumpiersports.com. All right. I discussed the newsletter. It's going to have the updated injury information, which I will continue to update throughout Sunday before lock, just so if you need something somewhere to click on to find out what happened, it will all be in there. You don't have to scour the internet. All condensed in one place. Tambo's tidbits will hopefully be in that as well. Extra info, all the cheat sheets, completely free to sign up. And we always have like promos and giveaways in it as well. So hit the description for that. Smash the like and sub to the channel, audio podcast, and then runthesims.com slash mayo. We'll get you 10% off any membership level. Highly recommend that you go check it out. If you're playing DraftKings lineups, betting on props, whatever it may be, I will return Saturday with the full injury report, the rankings update, and the prize picks for the week on Mayo Media Network. And you can find the audio on the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets feed. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.